You're listening to the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast, brought to you by John Lothian News. Welcome to the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast. My name is Matt Rabel, editor at John Lothian News, and I am joined here with Tom Thompson, another editor at John Lothian News. That's right. And today on the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast, we are here to discuss Coinbase, Coinbase, which is one of the biggest. um, I can't imagine the people listening to this don't know who Coinbase is. But just in case for posterity, Coinbase is one of the biggest U.S cryptocurrency exchanges. They have been kind of a big player for a long, long, long time. And they recently started listing shares of their stock to the public. People were calling it an IPO for a while, which isn't actually technically true. They actually went to market via something called a direct listing. I I understand, Tom, this isn't like a very typical way people usually do that, right? No, it's because it doesn't raise any money for the company. So it's people who own shares or, you know, own shares in the company, the target company, in this case, Coinbase. They now have the ability to dispose of their shares on a national securities exchange like NASDAQ. It makes a lot of sense for a company like Coinbase, which has more money than God, to add liquidity for its shareholders. doesn't need any money, has no plans for expansions or acquisitions that would require additional funds. So it made a lot of sense. And it seemed to have gone off fairly smoothly. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens next. Yeah, I was surprised because, I mean, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that a, a crypto company has, at least not one this high of profile, has really gone public before, certainly not in this manner. So I was, uh, I was a little, I was kind of, I was kind of expecting things to derail on day one, but they sort of just didn't. Speaking of people who invested in Coinbase and did very well for themselves with this recent listing, Brian Armstrong, founder and CEO of Coinbase, uh, he apparently, so he sold 749,999 shares of his shares on the first day of trading which made him about $300 million richer, just shy of that. I think it was more like 291000 or $291 million, which uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tom. What, what do you think about that? It, it feels, a little, feels a little sketchy to me. It feels a little uh, disingenuous. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't really owe anybody anything, right? It's not a public service. He let people, he let a lot of other rich white men <laughs> invest alongside him. And True. Uh, they all did quite nicely. It's a, it went very much uh, went better than planned. I think they I doubt they ever planned that they would make so much money. Yeah. They were very lucky to be able to sell their shares during a huge run up in the Bitcoin price. Yeah. Uh, brought them lots of positive regard, brought them a higher market atmosphere, higher price market atmosphere. So they were they were very good, very lucky with all of this. Yeah, the timing worked out perfectly kind of because I, I believe um when did they first announce that they were going public? It was like last August, wasn't it? Or September, something like that. Yeah, everybody expected them to go soon. Right, yeah. And like, you know, right around like, I think October of last year, the Bitcoin rally happened and is arguably still happening. Although I believe 
I believe there was a crash this weekend, but you, you well, know that, how it is. That's why we're working today because we, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our bitcoins. Uh, we lost so much on our bitcoin portfolios that we have yep. to show up for work on Monday. Yep. So, yep. Disappointing that way. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna gas up my Rolls Royce for me. Nobody's nope. gonna pay for that for me. Um, yeah. So you're you're totally right. Like people have been doing very very well for themselves when it comes to when it, when it comes to Coinbase going public. I'm just gonna run through uh, some data that I that I pulled here. So shares. So the ticker symbol is Coin C O I N, which is kind of cool. I'm surprised it wasn't taken, honestly. But uh, yeah. So shares of Coin. Began trading at $381 on Wednesday. That is Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. They went as high as $420 and as low as $310. Originally, they went to market with a $112 billion valuation. They were valued on the stock market at $75.9 billion when it debuted on Wednesday. So basically, this is this is a pretty huge deal. Like people who aren't even necessarily interested in crypto had their had their eyes on this thing. $112 billion valuation. Like I, I feel like that I feel like that might be inflated a little bit. I don't know. I, I feel like they might be a little a little overvalued. Um what do you think, Tom? So I'm an economist and right. he's willing to pay $112 billion for the company. Well, you know what? That's the value. It's not Overvalued. It, it, uh. it could go down from there. I would, but I agree. It seems a little rich. Yeah, I think the the. I mean, they really captured everybody's imagination with this timing. I mean, the timing is brilliant. They have a good reputation for safety and security. They have a very bad reputation for price. Um, they're reputed to have extremely high fees relative to other ways to buy, um, especially in the middle of like surges and spikes. Usually, well, that, I, yeah, that and then that's when their other Achilles heel becomes evident, and that is their customer service, which uh, <laughs> has a very bad reputation. But they overcame all of this with their market timing, and you know, kudos to them. I can't imagine that they will not be competed away in the near term. I mean, a lot of people don't know Kraken. Kraken's right there, does an awful lot of the same stuff. Coinbase is better probably than anybody else at getting newbies in, but at some point, you run out of newbies. True. They all become experienced and say, what am I paying so much for at Coinbase? And they'll wander over to Kraken or Paxos or, you know, not Paxos, Fitbit and things like that. Or or even Gemini people could go to. So Coinbase is, is great because it is so big. It has so many customers. It has so many customer assets on deposit. So it has all this liquidity, but all of that can wander away. They don't have any secret sauce or, you know, special unique selling points other than who they are, how big they've gotten. So I personally wouldn't pay $112 billion. I'm going to keep my $112 billion right where it belongs. Yes, mine as well. I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on, on my $112 billion as well. Yeah, I mean, Coinbase, Coinbase really, I, I, I totally agree with you. Like Coinbase seems, it seems like it has the least steep 
kind of entry curve compared to the other exchanges. You don't need as much. I feel like they put a lot of their investment in UX design, uh, user experience. They make it nice and clean and crisp and streamlined. They make it easy in the way that like, you know, interface kind of reminds me of like PayPal or something like that. They were also one of the first exchanges to start actually sending their users tax forms so that their users could, you know, when the IRS started cracking down on anyone that they suspected had ever traded so much as a single Satoshi, they started mailing out. I don't know off the top of my head what the what the tax form is, but it's a 1099 or 1098. One of those two. One of those. Yeah, I think that I think they recently discontinued one as well. I think a 1098 K. I just remember there was a K in it somewhere. But that apparently that was like the tax document that was confusing the IRS and People were complaining that they had paid their taxes on cryptocurrency investment and the IRS was coming after them anyway. And it was it was some issue with tax code or something. And they're not doing those anymore. But yeah, it it, uh, it makes me wonder. You mentioned a couple of the other exchanges, uh, some of the bigger ones out there, the bigger players like Kraken and uh, Gemini and so forth. Do you think do you think one of them will be next? I know Kraken is like Kraken is fully trying to be a cryptocurrency bank, like an accredited bank albeit with strict limitations. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be another exchange that kind of follows suit? Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody else will get such a big premium. And once you go public, you kind of start losing control. You know, I mean, as of this week, by virtue of his sales last week, Brian Armstrong has one, you know, 1% less control over uh, Coinbase than he did before. So, I would wonder about that, I, especially with the with Gemini. Kraken can't do, still can't do business in New York because they refused to get a bit license, and they it kind of burned a bridge there. Yeah, yeah, they burned the bridges and they jammed up the tunnels. So uh, <laughs> they're they're not really getting they're not likely right away. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of like Paxos or Itbit. I mean, Paxos, which owns Itbit, has a lot of big plans. And they could probably use an infusion of capital. So they might do a reg- more regular kind of IPO, raise some money through it. So, And they seem squeaky clean, I believe. So I can see them doing it. But Gemini and Kraken, I don't see for personality reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Are, yeah, the Gemini are, are twins. They don't need to be triplets, you know? <laughs> there, there's not a lot of room in that, in that relationship, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Oh. Yeah. But Coinbase, Coinbase will be interesting too, as it as it has to report the, its numbers more routinely, you know, as a public company. So I think we'll all learn a lot more about how the how crypto trading is going in general. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said that because um, Sheila Warren, who's the head of data, blockchain, and digital assets with the World Economic Forum or WEF. I think that she she was uh, quoted last week as saying that the Coinbase IPO, which a lot of people think spurred kind of a bullish cycle for Bitcoin, which this weekend is any indication uh, that maybe isn't isn't quite having the same momentum as it did before. But uh, Sheila Warren said that this might cause more regulatory scrutiny for crypto markets because with such a huge public listing and, and such a huge 
uh, splash as it's caused, it uh, it feels like it might cause crypto to be a little more strongly on other people's radars now, now that there's such a huge publicly traded company that is effectively a crypto brokerage that has, you know, they do staking and wallets, insurance, debit cards, you know, they're, so some people were talking about how like this might be, and, and this is, th- this is kind of something that I've noticed comes out every time that something like this happens, like the, the, the SIBO, the SIBO Bitcoin futures, like people were like, oh, this is it. Like this is legitimacy for crypto. It's happening. But like they say that kind of every time something like this happens and it doesn't seem, it seems like it's happening at a slow crawl, but it's not, I, I don't think that this is going to be like, I don't think that this is the catalyst that makes Bitcoin a household name and, you know, at least one wallet per household. Somebody, somebody else uh, referred to it as euphoria, which I think is maybe a little more accurate, like between the, the bullish cycles of uh, Bitcoin buying and uh, the incredibly gargantuan price tag on Coinbase now, it, it really seems like people tend to get whipped into a frenzy whenever something like this happens. But the results, if they stick, they, they don't tend to be the sort of like world shaking thing that people on social media tend to frame it as. Yeah, I, I I don't have the numbers anymore, but or and everything changes obviously because of their they're in markets. But it is hard to think of Coinbase being as valuable a company as the CME group. And it is the the pricing came out. I mean the, the market caps are, you know, in this, in each other they're in each other's neighborhoods. So I don't I just don't see that as being as them being comparable. But maybe the other thing that's a bit of a disappointment with Coinbase is that they're in a pretty dumb corner of crypto world, right? Mm-hmm. All they do is set up a way for people to buy and sell something with each other. They haven't really reinvented trading, they haven't reinvented anything. They've they've brought yeah. an old business model. And put some new products on the platform. They have a, you know, their wallet service is very good, but not very many people steal things out of the CME's clearinghouse either. So it's not as exciting in, in economic terms as I think the market pricing would have you believe. But can we talk about something else for a second? Please, absolutely. Okay. I am sick so, to death of hearing about Coinbase. Please, Tom Thompson, tell me what's, what else is going on in crypto in the crypto world. Okay. So one of the interesting things or, you know, is the origin story of Bitcoin, right? Right. And every, every 10 minutes, more Bitcoins are originated called mining. Mm-hmm. And each one is, of course, fascinating and it's heavily competed. They're, all around the world, people are competing for it. Yeah. Every about two months, somebody announces that they're going to bring crypto Bitcoin mining back to the United States. They're going to make the United States be the leader in Bitcoin mining. Apparently, though, we're sitting somewhere around six or seven percent of the hash rate. Um, wah, wah. Yeah, which is fine with me because I don't own any mining stocks. I'm not a miner. I don't. Really care where these things come from, and I don't think anybody who uses the actual bitcoins care about where they come from. But one of the interesting things are is that, again we're having this fever because the price of bitcoin is so high, and 
And we have a couple of big companies here. One is Riot Blockchain. And it says it's going to be the biggest Bitcoin miner in North America by operating a plant down in Rockdale, Texas. And Rockdale, Texas was famous about a year and a half ago, maybe about a year and a half ago, when they announced that Bitmain was coming in and Bitmain was going to buy a large part of this Alcoa smelting facility, which has lots of electricity capacity. It's all wired up and everything. So uh, Bitmain was going to come in. The Bitmain is the manufacturer of the ant miner, the most single most popular mining device. And uh, for some reason, all of that fell apart. And the reason that was was that the price of Bitcoin fell after they made their announcements and the prospects didn't look so good, so they walked away. But Riot Blockchain is coming in, and they're going to do it. Now, Riot Blockchain had originally set up a big operation in, I think it's called Coin Square, something like that, in Messina, New York. And Messina, New York was going to become the biggest operator of, of mining services. So it was going to, oh, it's called CoinMint. Sorry, CoinMint. Right. CoinMint was based in Plattsburgh, very close to the Canadian border. And they were using uh, electricity generated by the St. Lawrence Seaway. But somehow Messina, New York pushed them out of the way. Actually, what happened was that the people in... Plattsburgh didn't like all their electricity being used for Bitcoin mining. The people in Messina are dying for people to come and use their electricity for Bitcoin mining. And so it was competed away. But now it looks like Riot Blockchain is, in fact, going down to Rockdale. And it's hmm. going to abandon the poor folk in Messina. So Riot Blockchain is competing with a company called Marathon Digital. Marathon Digital used to be known as Marathon Patent. Okay. Which is okay. So they're 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 coming in. They're they're changing their vibe and everything. They've become a digital company, and they're going to be a massive mining company. And they are going to operate out of Hardin, Montana, I believe, where they have some great deal for some very cheap electricity. Now, Marathon Digital used to be Marathon Patent. Marathon Patent used to prosecute a portfolio of patents, but didn't do that very successfully and gradually lost all of its business. Riot Blockchain used to be Bioptics, and it had a patent. And so it blew through that patent. I mean, that patent, you can only just make so much money off of one single patent, and they never really got going otherwise. So the two biggest mining companies in the country who are going to make the U.S. the leader in Bitcoin mining are two failed patent holders. Huh. So what's kind of cool is that really there are no patents in Bitcoin origination, except there are patents on the ASICs, the, uh, the uh, chip, hmm. the chips that are used. So that's all going well. Mm-hmm. Then the company that owns... CoinMint, I believe, moved its whole headquarters, which pissed off one of the owners of CoinMint, one of the founding owners. They moved it all down to, of all places, Puerto Rico. So the mining is up there in CoinMint, and CoinMint's mining is up there in Messina, New York, but the offices are down in Puerto Rico. 
which is where who is down at who wanted to be down in Puerto Rico? Brock Pierce. Oh right. Yes, who was going to turn Puerto Rico into Puertopia. Oof. Um a utopia Oof. for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And somehow all of this comes together, and I don't know how it is, but I think it's kind of interesting that uh, people are still trying to mine Bitcoin in the United States. Yeah, because so they want to have the tax, tax advantages of offshore in Puerto Rico. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that is interesting, because companies in China right now, I, I'm, I want to be careful how I phrase this, because too often when reading about the subject, like the headline of the article is, like, China controls all the hash rate. But like, you know, China is a big place. It's not a monolith there. It's a fairly diverse place where a lot of people, individuals live. But Chinese companies, let's say, collectively control the most hash rate for the Bitcoin protocol, mainly because there's just there's there's just more of them. And they they have the most mining machines, but also because Oh, I looked into this a long time ago, but something about the way the Chinese government regulates the electricity industry in that country, it, it just makes a lot of sense for Bitcoin miners to to set up shop there. And don't get me wrong, I am, you know, I am I was born in, in the United States. I, I've I've been an American my entire life. I I am for bringing jobs to this country. And I and you know what? I count Puerto Rico in that as well, because it's US territory. But uh, yeah, it just seems like every time somebody tries to set up a mining operation in the United States, it falls under under the weight of its own ambition, you know? Which, oh, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. They reach a little too far, too high. Too far. But I mean, you know, we'll see. Like, maybe this time it's different. Maybe, maybe all those nice people working on this, you know, they, they reap... Uh, they reap some tasty fruits from all of this, from all this labor they're doing. But uh, I don't know. I, I just get kind of skeptical whenever I hear about a mining operation being set up in the United States. You know, it's not in a dorm room. That's not in a dorm room. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can't, if you can't steal electricity from your frat brothers, you know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, like, into just not going to be there. Yeah, I mean, like individual miners who who are using like twelve hundred dollar Nvidia graphics cards to mine Bitcoin, and like occasionally they'll get one because and they have subsidized electricity, so the costs of that are are negated too. Um, dorm room miners are doing real well still, and they're probably going to keep doing well until colleges really start cracking down on that stuff. Some of them already have, but it's just you know the enterprise level like mining, like for one thing. Doesn't that kind of go against like the whole point of Bitcoin being a distributed network? I, uh, that that's a whole other discussion. But for the other thing, like historically, they they have not done well in this country, and it's just interesting that people keep trying. Yeah, it's, it's maybe it's time will come, but uh... maybe yeah, maybe this time will be different. Uh, well, I think uh, that's that's going to do it for this episode of the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast. Thanks, Tom, for, for joining me here. Had a great time talking about this stuff as always. The crypto world is never boring, is what I usually tell people. There is always something going on that is either exciting or horrifying or hilarious or absurd or a mixture of all of the above. All of the above. Um, so with that, yeah, thank you, listener, for checking out this episode of the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast. 
We have a lot of content constantly being published on johnlothiannews.com. So I think you should consider checking the site out. And I also think that you should consider following us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter for regular updates for all of our new stuff. So check those out. Otherwise, that's going to do it for this episode of the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast. I have been Matt Rabel. And I've been Tom Thompson. And you've been Tom Thompson. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. For more news, videos, and podcasts like this, head over to johnlothiannews.com.